for breast cancer. By talking about it, by increasing the awareness, we can all unite as a community to make sure every woman has an access to screening, treatment, support, and hope in fighting this battle. Welcome to the Boss Ladies Mindset Channel powered by Crown for Success, the largest women's empowerment network for soulful CEOs on social media. We are a coaching business that mentors and motivates women to reach their highest potential in business and mindset mastery. Each one of our episodes will share valuable tips, resources, interviews, and empowering information that will help boss ladies design a life and business they're crazy as fuck about. October is a Breast Cancer Awareness Month. With everything going around us, 2020 has been a powerful reminder that we are all in it together. Our choices and actions have power to protect us and people around us. The same holds true for breast cancer. By talking about it, by increasing the awareness, we can all unite as a community to make sure every woman has an access to screening, treatment, support, and hope in fighting this battle. Hi, my name is Mona Hardis. I'm an OBGYN practicing in Flint, Michigan. Today, I'm very proud and excited to introduce you to my daughter, Dr. Sai Kiran. Sai is a board-certified general surgeon with fellowship training in breast oncology and oncoplastic surgery. She's practicing at Beaumont Hospital, Royal Oak, Michigan. Because of her expertise in breast cancer, I asked her to join me to chat about breast cancer and debunk some myths associated with breast cancer. There's so much misinformation around this subject that some people actually believe in it and do not seek proper medical guidance. So let's talk about breast cancer. Say, welcome to our podcast, Paging Your Gyno. Thank you for having me. The number one question my patient asks me is what age should they start um, screening and screening with mammograms? So there are various different societies that recommend different start ages for mammograms. The American Society of Breast Surgeons, as well as the Society for Breast Radiologists, both strongly believe that women should start mammogram screenings at age 40 and that they should have them annually or every single year. These are the guidelines that we stand by and therefore I strongly encourage. You know, American College of OBGYN also recommends the same thing. They say the women should start um, getting their mammograms at age 40. But you know, talking about these mammograms, most of my patients hate getting mammogram. Either they have heard that the mammograms hurt, or if they had had a mammogram before, they say, oh my God, it hurts, I don't want it. So is mammogram the only choice, or is there anything else they can do as a screening method? 
Unfortunately, the mammograms are the best tool and the best screening method for your breasts. If you think about it, your breast is a 3D object and in order for a mammogram to be able to see through all of that tissue, the compression has to happen in order for us to really visualize what's going on. Mammograms are still the best choice for looking at abnormalities such as masses and calcifications. There are some new methods out there now that we are using in addition to the mammogram, one of which being a whole breast ultrasound. But at this time, unfortunately, nothing can replace that mammogram, which every woman should get at the age of 40 and beyond. So let's say the patient has a mammogram and after the mammogram, you do get a letter. Everybody gets a letter telling them whether the mammogram was normal or not. A lot of time what happens, the letter says that you have very dense breast. Now, what does that mean? What is a dense breast and should we worry about dense breast? So density on a mammogram basically is telling us the amount of breast tissue fibers that you have in relation to the fat content of your breast. Every woman has a mixture of fat and actual breast tissue. On a mammogram, breast tissue looks white while fat looks black. The contrast between these white and black allow us to see if there are any abnormalities on the mammogram. It is a Michigan state law, and I know other states around the country that are now um, mandated to tell a woman if they have dense breast tissue or not. This is not a new thing. You are born with the amount of density and it usually runs in families. Does it make you more likely to have breast cancer? No, it doesn't. But what it tells us that your mammogram may not be as easily read or things may not be as easily seen in a woman with dense breast tissue as someone that does not have dense breast tissue. Because of this, little things like little tiny breast cancers could be hidden in that dense breast tissue. So it's not that you are more likely to have breast cancer, it's just that you are more likely for these things to be hidden. In order to combat this, uh, we are now adding additional imaging studies for patients with uh, dense breast tissue, such as that whole breast ultrasound that I mentioned earlier. So I heard that if you have a low BMI or you are younger in age, you tend to have more dense breast tissue than uh, women who are overweight. Is that true? Yes, if you think about it, um, like I mentioned, the density is the combination of the breast tissue and the fat content. When you are young, you have um, usually more suspensory ligaments and tightening um, fibers within that breast tissue. As you age, you get what's called fatty replacement of that breast tissue. That's why we don't recommend having mammograms until you're age 40 because prior to that, you are um, have more of this dense fibrous breast tissue. You're also more likely to be having 
um, periods and changes in hormonal cycles, which um, obviously change the characteristics of your breast tissue during that time, and therefore it's harder to see a good clear picture on a mammogram. The same can be said um, if you have overall increased fat content in your body. Thank you, that's a great information. Now, when a mammogram says there is a lump, how sh concerned my patient should be? Do you think every br uh, breast lump is cancerous? Absolutely not. Not every breast um, cancer presents as a lump and not every lump is a breast cancer. On your mammogram, the radiologist score the mammogram based on, to, based on how suspicious a finding is. The, this is written usually at the bottom and it's given a score between zero to six. Depending on the number is how concerned you should be and um, about the finding. So what about breast cysts? Tell us a little bit about them. Breast cysts are very common. Breast cysts are some just in the normal anatomy and the makeup of the breast tissue. Um, sometimes people will have um, what we call fibrocystic breast tissue, which basically means that their breasts are just lumpy bumpy. Breast cysts are not of a concern if they are what we call simple cysts, meaning that when we look at the mass or the cyst underneath the ultrasound, it looks like a nice round circle which is filled with fluid. Usually cysts will increase around the time of your period, which may cause um, more pain and more symptoms. That's when the fluid fills up the cyst and causes some irritation to the surrounding nerves. They usually go down on their own and they are hormonally related. Cysts are not routinely excised um, with surgery. Um, sometimes if they cause you a lot of pain and discomfort, we can put a teeny tiny needle in and try to remove some of that fluid so that we can get um, some relief on your symptoms. If a cyst looks like it's something more complicated, like there is some solid component to it, or it doesn't just look like that nice round circle with fluid in the center, these we would recommend having a biopsy or maybe even a surgical resection, but that all depends on what it looks like in the imaging. So give us some um, idea, give us some information about getting breast cancer. What are the risk factors and is there anything we can do to reduce the risk? Unfortunately, just being a woman, you are at a risk of developing breast cancer. Breast cancer is the most common cancer in women, and it occurs in one out of every eight women. So what can we do? Why are women more likely to have breast cancer than men? And it all kind of stems back to estrogen. We all have um, a high level of estrogen in our body. That's what makes us female. Ways to reduce our risk are um, healthy diet and exercise. So we know that the ovaries produce estrogen, but there's also some peripheral conversion of estrogen that happens in our fatty cells. So a healthy diet and exercise to decrease that 
fat around um, in elsewhere in our body can also reduce the amount of estrogen that's floating around and therefore reduce our risk of developing breast cancer. Other things that are shown to be a link are caffeine, um, tobacco, and alcohol. Now, I tell my patients, you don't have to completely cut all three of these things out of your diet and your lifestyle, but you should be very mindful as to the amount of alcohol and caffeine that you are drinking. Smoking for other issue, for other reasons we know is not a good idea and should be um, avoided, if at all. Um, however, everything in moderation when it comes to caffeine um, and alcohol. So talking about this risk, there are so many um, rumors floating around regarding the risk of breast cancer. The commonest question I get asked is about deodorant. What do you want to tell us about deodorant and risk of breast cancer? You're right, this is a very common question that I also get asked. The root of this question comes from some ideologies um, that deodorant use with it being a high in chemical content, being applied so close to the axilla or the underarm area where all the lymph nodes live, that sometimes these chemicals can go through the skin or if you're shaving through little nicks in the skin and deposit in the lymph nodes and cause cancer. And these are especially the aluminum containing um, deodorants. So what I'd like to clarify is that there have not been any large uh, patient cohort studies or any scientific articles out there that prove that there is any link between aluminum creating or containing um, deodorants and the development of breast cancer. So this is a complete myth. What I tell my patients though is, you know, just having chemicals in the body all the time, the constant exposure, it's hard to really say if that does or does not cause cancer but if you're ever in a situation especially if you're just going to be around the house you're not planning on you know going out and being around or doing any um, significant physical activity just skip the deodorant every once in a while and just try to limit the exposure but there's no scientific data or research to say that you could never use it oh that is so good to know my patients also worry about wearing an underwired bra they have heard that underwire bra can cause cancer. Is that true? No, that's not true either. I think that the main issue with the underwire bra is that perhaps it's a more of an ill-fitting bra, which can cause um, bumps and bruises along that inframammary crease that can cause pain and maybe even you can feel a bump or a mass. I think that my re recommendation is that if you are having pain um, and you use an underwire routinely is to make sure that you're using a properly fitted bra and also see if there is a difference if you switch out the bra for a while in terms of your pain, switch it out for a more compressive sports bra type um, bra and see if that makes a difference. You know, there's a lot of talk about the genetic testing. Nowadays, you can even get mail order genetic testing at home and people want to know, can they do that test? What, of, what can you get, tell us about the genetic testing which is available to your doctor's office? Who should get it and why should they get it? Every patient 
that comes through our office or sees any um, breast surgeon or breast care specialist has a preliminary risk assessment. And factors that we use in determining your risk above the average woman would be family history, um, the duration of your estrogen exposure, meaning when you started your periods, when you ended your periods, when you had your first child, how many children you had, as well as family history of breast cancers and previous biopsies. Using this information, we calculate if you are at an average risk or a high risk of developing breast cancer. If you are a high-risk patient, and especially with a very strong family history of breast, ovarian, pancreatic, and even prostate cancer, we would recommend that you get genetic testing. Genetic testing should be done through a hospital or a center that specializes in genetics. Some of these mail-order genetic testing that you can get Um, are not as sensitive and not as specific as the ones that you would get through the actual hospital or um, medical facilities. Not everybody is a um, candidate for this genetic testing, and that's why having a preliminary risk assessment should be done by one of your physicians prior to proceeding with that. Thank you. So now, say... A patient get diagnosed with a breast cancer. Once it is diagnosed, how soon should she see um, a breast surgeon and be treated? Breast cancer is a big, wide category. Not every breast cancer is exactly the same and behaves exactly the same. It's very personalized. So my advice to anybody that has a diagnosis of breast cancer is that they should get in right away and meet with a breast care specialist, whether it be a breast surgeon, a medical oncologist, or even their primary care physician to make sure that they're going down that route. There are multiple factors that um, get added into the generic diagnosis of breast cancer that sort of help us predict how aggressive or non-aggressive this cancer will be. And that will help in determining what type of treatment you're going to get and when you will get it. So the initial diagnosis, whenever you have it, I would strongly encourage the patient to go seek out a specialist and then hopefully they will be a good plan set in place and she or he will have a better understanding as to how quickly and aggressively it needs to be treated. When the patient gets referred to a breast cancer doctor, um, they are really scared. They really don't know what to expect. Um, what should a patient expect uh, when they come to see you? So when a patient comes to see me, they should expect that they will have a history taken and particularly paying interest to those high-risk features. Um, Like I mentioned before, family history, their previous um, breast health, um, any additional surgeries and things like that. We also do a thorough review of all of the breast imaging that you had done, as well as a review of all the pathology and all the different markers of the diagnosis. Then we'll explain exactly what this diagnosis means 
and the treatment plan that's associated with it. Breast cancer is a multidisciplinary treatment um, team that um, helps you along with this diagnosis. What that means is that it's not just one type of treatment, it's not just the surgery, but sometimes there are other adjuncts like chemotherapy, anti-hormonal therapy, radiation therapy that goes along with it. And usually the breast surgeon will um, sit down and explain to you what all these different therapies are and if they um, are needed in your treatment plan or not. You know, breast plays such an important role in our life as a woman. It's such a part of our identity as a woman's body that whenever the diagnosis of breast cancer is done, one of the, the biggest and the foremost fear is in woman's mind is losing her breast or disfigurement of her breast. So how do you counsel your patient? I absolutely agree with you. I think that this type of surgery is very sensitive because it is right underneath that skin and can potentially change the body contour and the patient's identity as a woman. And therefore, I think that it is not something to be taken lightly. And um, and that's a very big concern and interest of mine. And that's why I went and did my fellowship training in oncoplastic breast surgery. Oncoplastic breast surgery is the combination of plastic surgical techniques, as well as oncologic or cancer removing surgery. Thank you so much for tuning into the Boss Ladies Mindset Channel powered by Crown for Success. Please tune in next week for another episode and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RVP Queens, at The Girl Gang Confidential, at Crown for Success, at Strong Women Are Beautiful, and of course, at Boss Ladies Mindset.